All right, guys, you are locked on Falcons. I'm your host, Aaron Freeman, and today I am joined by Hayden Winks of Underdog Fantasy, and he's going to be talking about the fantasy implications of the recent Julio Jones trade and which players on either team will benefit and who won't. You are locked on Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So guys, you know me, I'm Aaron Freeman, been covering the Falcons for many years, formerly at Falcfans.com, RIP, still going strong, however, on Twitter, at Falcfans, and of course, the host of this world-renowned Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And before we get into our fantasy conversation with Hayden Winks of Underdog Fantasy. I want to let you guys know that today's Locked On Falcons is brought to you by Stat Hero, the first ever daily fantasy sportsbook that gives the player the advantage. Go to stathero.com slash locked on for 300% back on your first play. So today's episode is fantasy focused, and I know a lot of people haven't quite got their heads around sort of fantasy stuff at this point in the calendar, but this does sort of have some implications for the quote unquote reality portion of football and players that will have a boost to their production in fantasy probably will mean that they will have a boost to their production in reality. And so therefore they have the potential to impact games. And of course that means Hayden winks of underdog fantasy will be here sharing his insights into his various, you know, preseason rankings on the, the various players here in Atlanta, like Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts and Matt Ryan and Mike Davis and Hayden Hurst and Russell Gage. Unfortunately, no, we have not gotten to the Frank Darby portion of the podcast. Maybe at a later date, we might get into the Frank Darby hype train, but we'll talk about which guys are, you know, arrows are pointing up for those guys in Atlanta. And we'll also talk about the fantasy implications for the Tennessee Titans and what Julio Jones fantasy outlook looks like now. AJ Brown, Derek Henry, Ryan Tannehill. So we'll get into all of that on today's episode with Hayden Weeks of Underdog Fantasy. And we'll start that conversation right now. All right, guys, you're locked on Falcons. And I am joined by another illustrious guest. This is Hayden Winks of Underdog Fantasy. He's going to be joining us today to talk about the impact of the Julio Jones trade and sort of how that affects the various fantasy rankings and potential impacts for the various Falcon players, as well as what it could do for some of those Tennessee Titan players over there. Hayden, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I know all you Falcons fans, it's been a tough week, but... Uh... The good news is the the Falcons offense is still going to be really good. They still got a bunch of weapons for this year. So uh, that, that that Julio Jones team with this year was going to be really fun. I think it's just going to be uh, decently fun, but at least they have Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts. Yeah. And, you know, towards the end of the show, I, I do want to get your thoughts, Hayden, on sort of what Julio does for the Titans fantasy stuff, because obviously, you know, I know Falcon fans, most of the people listening to this, only won't draft players uh, to other teams and whatnot, and, and certainly might not have uh, the greatest of feelings towards Julio Jones and whatnot. But uh, obviously, if you're 
in the business of winning your fantasy league, I think you don't want to necessarily ignore some of those players. But let's start things talking about the Falcons and, and seemingly the player that is going to step into Julio Jones' shoes um, as that number one wide receiver is Calvin Ridley. He was one of the premier wide receivers a year ago in fantasy as well uh, on the actual football field. And, and last year, people were hyping him up to be sort of 2020's Chris Godwin as that sort of breakout candidate player. And I'm curious from your perspective, did he live up to those expectations as that sort of breakout candidate? And and is there like a fantasy player that we can look at in 2021 as the sort of, okay, this is what Calvin Ridley can be this year. So I do my rankings into tiers and Calvin Ridley is in my wide receiver one tier. Like he's right now, my currently my wide receiver five, I might move him up to all the way to wide receiver four, basically in that, that tier with, guys like Stefan Diggs and DeAndre Hopkins and Calvin Ridley last year. What was so important is he showed that when he's the number one receiver on the field, he's capable of being that number one receiver. And he was an absolute baller with Julio Jones in the lineup and without him. And it's good to have uh, Kyle Pitts, who's I don't think is going to be necessarily used as like an inline tight end as much as he's going to be lining up at X receiver at some points this year. So it's not just going to have to be Calvin Ridley getting double teamed all the time. He's in a great spot with Arthur Smith, plenty of intermediate and deep targets to go around. And I was looking at some of the data with Matt Ryan too. I don't think his deep ball has fallen off that much. I think that narrative's kind of overblown. I think Calvin Ridley could finish as like a wide receiver three overall this season. Uh, I thought last year it was a big step for him to be that true alpha receiver on NFL team. So I'm all the way in. Now you mentioned Kyle Pitts and, you know, there's been a lot of talk, you know, even prior to Julio Jones's trade, what sort of we can expect from Kyle Pitts this upcoming season, you know, prior to this trade, my expectation, given the volume that I was expecting Julio and Ridley to have this year, that Pitts would really make his mark more in the red zone and may not have necessarily the big volume in, in catches and yards, but potentially lead the team in touchdowns uh, in that way. And, and particularly when you look at the Arthur Smith offense, historically it has very much featured the tight end in the red zone. But now that Julio's gone, do we expect a big uptick in sort of, I guess you could say Kyle Pitts's value between the twenties? Well, if you're looking at fantasy drafts right now on underdog fantasy, Kyle Pitts is being drafted as the fourth tight end overall, like somewhere in like the fifth or sixth round, which is crazy to think about if you're looking at it from a historical perspective only one rookie tight end ever has reached a thousand yards and that was Mike Ditka back in 1961 which I don't even know how he did that I didn't even know they were (laughs) passing the ball that much Mike Ditka must have been a total baller Uh, but Kyle Pitts to me he just screams outlier like I don't want to be looking at historical data with Kyle Pitts because he's so athletic he was so productive at uh, against SEC competition and so much of that production was him lining up outside, winning one-on-one battles. He's so lengthy. I think, like you said, he's going to be awesome in the red zone, especially because the other people on the team, like a Russell Gage, Calvin Ridley, they don't scream huge red zone guys. I think that Kyle Pitts could be pushing for like eight to ten touchdowns in this offense. So I'm, I've moved him up. I had him as my tight end five. And then with the, the Julio Jones trade, I moved him up to tight end four. Um, If you want to be drafting him, you're going to have to draft him like round four, round five. That has never happened ever for a rookie tight end, but I think it's justified. Kyle Pitts is that much of a baller, and the offense is going to be perfect for Kyle Pitts. 
Um, so I think he deserves to be treated out this like total outlier. He's just a special guy. Yeah, I was, I was curious what your thoughts on given the history that rookie tight ends don't necessarily hit the ground running. Was there maybe a concern before the trade? You know, does that sort of change this trade? Does that change your perspective on this? Where it's kind of like, well, maybe because of the amount of volume that guys like Julio and Ridley would get, maybe we wouldn't necessarily rank Kyle Pitts that high. But now, because the Falcons don't have better options, someone has to catch the ball. And at some point, Calvin Ridley can't catch everything. So at some point, you know, Kyle Pitts has to put up these big numbers in order for this Falcons offense to work. So if Julio was on the team, I was probably going to rank Kyle Pitts somewhere like tight end eight, tight end nine overall. But once it became clear that Julio Jones was going to get moved, and that was about the case for about a month ago, I just like had to mentally get prepared. Like, okay, Kyle Pitts like is going to be projecting way better than any tight end ever. But if you just look at like your TJ Hawkinson, Noah Fant, Eric Ebron's guys that were drafted in the first round that were like rookies, they didn't have much of a fantasy impact. If you just look at what Kyle Pitts was doing in college and how athletic he is, he's just in another tier above those guys. And I loved all those guys coming out of school. Kyle Pitts to me is just like in a different tier above those guys. I haven't seen anyone like it from the position. I I think it's not going to just be like this Jonu Smith role because Jonu Smith was mostly a yards after the catch guy within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. Kyle Pitts could like literally win against a CB1 on the outside at X receiver 15 yards down the field, but he is like nothing I've seen before. So uh, I just want to not compare him to like your TJ Hawkinson's TJ Hawkinson's a fine player. Kyle Pitts to me is like more of a receiver than a tight end. He just happens uh, that he can block and line up in line too. So um, you have to treat him differently if you want him on underdog fantasy, but I do want him. I think he's just going to be a total beast. Now I want to continue this conversation talking about maybe some of the trickle down effects of this Julio trade with some of the other weapons in the Falcons offense. And of course we'll get to Matt Ryan and how this trade impacts his fantasy outlook this upcoming season with Hayden Winks of underdog fantasy. But before we get there, guys, I do want to plug the NBA side of the Locked On Podcast Network, where you can check out your favorite NBA team's daily podcasts, including a daily podcast on the Atlanta Hawks. Check out Locked On Hawks, hosted by Brad Roland. And if you check it out today, you'll get Brad's reaction to Game 2 in the second round of the playoffs between the Hawks and the Sixers. But, of course, there's a daily podcast devoted to all 30 NBA teams. So check them out either on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. So are you tired of getting killed by daily fantasy sports experts like Hayden? Don't play the experts. Play the house with Stat Hero. Stat Hero is the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. You name your stakes. Winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. Pick the lineup. You think you can beat, go head to head with no pool of opponents. Play Stat Hero now and change the odds by going to stathero.com slash locked on. Sign up for free. And right now you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you 300% match. That's unheard of by going to stathero.com slash locked on. Stathero.com slash locked on. 
Did you know that Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar out there on the market, has nine delicious flavors? Whether you're a big fan of coconut almond like me, or you like cookies and cream, cherry barcia, double chocolate, peanut butter brownie, salted caramel, coconut, or raspberry, there's something for everyone. And Built Bars are great because they taste just like a candy bar. They all contain 100% real chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. I'm a big fan of coconut almond because it tastes just like an almond joy. But it's not just about their great taste. Built Bars also are very healthy too. They're low in sugar, low in calories, high in protein, high in fiber. I like using them as low calorie meal replacements for breakfast or lunch. You can use them to give yourself an energy boost pre or post workout. As you work your way into that summer beach body. Now that quarantine has been lifted, use built bars. However you want. All you got to do is head over to the website at builtbar.com. Use the promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code locked 15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. So I'm here with Hayden Winks of Underdog Fantasy, and we've talked a little bit already about Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts and their potential fantasy outlooks, especially now that they should get a bigger volume of targets with Julio Jones out of the building. What does that say about Hayden Hurst? It felt like probably prior to the Kyle Pitts selection in the draft, people were probably higher on Hayden Hurst's uh, potential fantasy impact coming uh, with the Arthur Smith offense and then sort of its tight end friendliness. Uh, where do you sort of see Hayden Hurst fitting among fantasy tight ends at this point? Now, when you factor in not only the arrival of Kyle Pitts, but also the departure of Julio Jones. So after the Kyle Pitts draft pick, you had to move Hayden Hurst way down. He was my tight end 29 before the trade, but after the Julio Jones trade, I moved him up into this like tight end two mix. I think I have him like ranked tight end 23 overall in my rankings, which is higher than where most people have him ranked. I'm looking at Arthur Smith last year, how much he used 12 personnel. 31% of the Titans' dropbacks last year came in 12 personnel. I think you're going to see a similar number with the Falcons, where almost half their pass attempts, getting close to that number, are going to be in 12 personnel. I think Hayden Hurst could win on the perimeter in in a low-volume role. Um, But I think that the Falcons' depth chart and Arthur Smith's history, everything points to the Falcons' getting up under center more often, using 12 personnel more often. So I do think that Hayden Hurst uh, deserves to be drafted uh, on underdog fantasy. It's 18 rounds, no kickers, no defenses. In that format, I think that Hayden Hurst is draftable, especially if you've already drafted a Matt Ryan. Um, I think there is room for either Russell Gage or Hayden Hurst to have an okay season behind Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts. Now, you mentioned Russell Gage, and I'm I'm curious sort of what is his draftability at this point in time? Because I know Russell Gage was one of those players that was more like a a bi-week play last year. I I know, you know, just as a tip for anybody listening right now, I know he typically plays really well against Tampa Bay. So in that week two matchup against Tampa Bay this year, he might be a a good bi-week pickup for a lot of people, but maybe he won't be a bi-week pickup because now you're expecting, you're talking about the increase of 12 personnel. Well, you got to have two wide receivers out there. Uh, Russell Gates seems to be the most obvious candidate to be that second wide receiver. Does his uh, production boost up now that Julio Jones is out of the building? So the 12 personnel increase would definitely help Russell Gage because he's not competing with that third wide receiver. Instead, it's he's competing with Hayden Hurst for targets. I think that Hayden Hurst is probably going to block a little bit more than he did last year because I'm expecting Kyle Pitts to line up more in the slot and outside compared to Hayden Hurst this year. Um, the big thing with, with Russell Gage, I want to move him up higher. I have him currently as my wide receiver 56. 
The issue is now that they've moved Julio Jones, they actually have a little bit of cap space to work with where they could bring in somebody. Maybe that's a backup running back. Maybe that's another uh, receiver. Like, for example, maybe Jamison Crowder gets cut or traded. Could he be a possible fit? One of these veteran types where Russell Gage is all of a sudden competing. If Russell Gage goes into the year and it's the exact same wide receiver depth chart, I do think he's going to be usable, like you said, in these bye weeks. Um, I'm going to make sure to write down that Tampa Bay nugget. Uh, I don't know what's going on with that, but I'm interested. So I, I think he's going to be in in fantasy, like a wide receiver five, wide receiver six, somebody you're not confident putting in the lineup. But I do think the 12 personnel is going to help him out a little bit. And I think just in general, you want to be betting on Arthur Smith and Matt Ryan. I think that this passing offense is going to be very efficient this year. Now you, you talk about the passing offense. Let's talk about the running offense. And, you know, where are we leaning on Mike Davis? You know, where do you think in terms of his impact? Um, do you feel like there's an opportunity now for him, given that he's much more of a sort of three down player than certainly what we've seen with guys like Derrick Henry in the Arthur Smith offense? Is there some upside with Mike Henry? I'm, I'm sorry, Mike Davis in the passing game? Or do you also feel like this is a situation where Mike Davis has a lot of upside in terms of his impact in the ground game? So I watched every single Mike Davis touch from last year once I realized that he's going to have a potential to be uh, have a huge role in an off, a run game offense that has been historically good for the Falcons and for Arthur Smith. And what I came away with is that Mike Davis is very elusive for a big back. I do think he is capable of carrying the ball like 250 times. And I think that the biggest thing from my takeaway is how elusive he was as a pass catcher. He actually broke the most tackles um, out of the backfield among all running backs last year. And he, for a big dude, the guy has really shifty feet and he can run you right over too. So I think he's going to uh, run between the tackles pretty effectively as long as he's not bouncing the ball outside, which he can do from time to time. Uh, but under center, he's a perfect fit in this kind of Derrick Henry role. He's not as explosive as Derrick Henry. Don't get me wrong, but I think that he can handle a huge workload because I think he's capable of running between the tackles and catching the ball out of the backfield. So I did my fantasy rankings and I'm way higher on Mike Davis than where he's being drafted at. He's like being drafted on underdog fantasy. He's like wide or uh, running back 25. I have him inside my top 20. I think he's one of the best values because I saw a player that could not be subbed out. And right now the Falcons depth chart is pretty bad. And I think that Mike Davis, they're counting on him to be, a three down guy. And I think the Arthur Smith uh, fit between the tackles under center is the perfect fit for Mike Davis. Now let's talk about Matt Ryan. You know, his production has been pretty stark. When you look at the splits between when Julio has been healthy and on the field versus when Julio has not been healthy on the field, especially that was true last year. Uh, But Ryan's always been an upper level, pretty reliable fantasy option in, in part, probably thanks to the high volume of the Falcons passing attack and Julio Jones's presence. Um, do you feel like that's going to continue in 2021? Um, or are there going to be some maybe increasing number of younger, more intriguing quarterback options for, for fantasy players uh, that Falcon fans, especially uh, might want to gravitate towards before immediately sort of stacking their, their rosters with the sort of tried and true favorites like Matt Ryan. I have Matt Ryan ranked as my quarterback 14. So kind of in between where he's not like a reliable uh, first string quarterback, but he can be somewhere where if your quarterback's on buy, then Matt Ryan's an awesome pickup. 
I don't think that the on-off splits that you referenced from earlier can apply so much because when Julio Jones in previous season was out, the rest of the depth chart wasn't so hot behind him. And now with Kyle Pitts there, you're going to see, I don't think you're going to see that off on-off splits be quite as drastic because now instead of throwing it to Russell Gage and Olamide Sakias, he's throwing it to Kyle Pitts. So I think that you can't factor in that too much. And then the other thing is I'm a huge Arthur Smith fan play action passing. And I think that what Matt Ryan is so good at right now, it's reading defenses and being accurate to the intermediate part of the field. Play action is going to be awesome for him. And back in 2017, when he was under center with Kyle Shanahan, it's in a similar-ish system to Arthur Smith, he was peppering people over. And that's why he won the MVP. So I think you're going to see Calvin Ridley on all these intermediate crossing routes. And I think that this narrative that Matt Ryan can't throw the deep ball, I think that's kind of BS. I think that if you look at the stats um, since 2019, the last two seasons, on passes beyond 15 yards, he's a top 12 quarterback on on-target percentage. He's still very accurate. He might not be able to throw the ball 60 yards like he was previous, but you don't have to throw the ball 60 yards too often. That happens like a couple times per season. He's going to be so good in these intermediate passes off of play action. So I don't want to overreact to the Julio Jones trade. He has Kyle Pitts there. The system should be decent for him. I think that he's going to be a solid fantasy quarterback. Maybe not a great one, but a solid one. Now, here with Hayden Winks of Underdog Fantasy, and we're going to sort of turn the page and, and look at Julio Jones's impact on the Titans offense and sort of what that does uh, for the other three big names in that offense in A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry, and Ryan Tannehill, as well as what Julio Jones himself will do in Tennessee as we continue today's Locked on Falcons podcast. And before we continue and wrap up today's Locked on Falcons podcast, I do want to plug the daily podcast devoted to fantasy football right here on the Locked on Podcast Network. Of course, that's Locked on Fantasy Football hosted by Vinny Iyer, and you can find that on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So whether you're looking for the right parts to fill out your fantasy roster or the right parts to fix your car, you always want to get the right parts for the right prices. And of course, when it comes to your vehicle, rockauto.com is the place to go. They have everything from engine parts, motor oil, new carpet, brake parts, tail lamps. You can get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique. It's easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle. Choose by brand specification and a price that you prefer. Those prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. The same for professionals and do it yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. So I want to wrap up today's episode by talking about the fantasy impact of the Titans. I know. I'm probably losing a bunch of my listenership as we always go here. Uh, people are like, let's leave it out on a high note, Aaron. But, uh, you know, what is Julio Jones's impact in Tennessee? You know, you, you got him and A.J. Brown. I, I know I tweeted the other day. And, of course, any tweet that is considered a hot take. But I said instantly him and A.J. Brown are the best duo of wide receivers in the NFL. But we know Tennessee is a very run-heavy offense. So it may not necessarily be reflected in terms of big fantasy numbers. I'm, I'm curious – are those two guys playing on the field together, are they helping or hurting each other fantasy-wise? 
So AJ Brown, there was like a realm of possibility where AJ Brown was going to get like 180 targets. And if that was going to happen, AJ Brown might've been the number one fantasy receiver in the entire game. When you add Julio Jones, obviously you're not going to be getting that as many targets because Julio Jones deserves to get his. So I moved AJ Brown down to my wide receiver eight overall. He's still a special guy. Julio Jones is a small negative impact, but it also means he's not going to see as many double coverages and all that type of thing. It also kind of helps the entire Titans offense um, in general. So I think that AJ Brown should still be a wide receiver one in fantasy. As for Julio Jones, I have him ranked as like wide receiver 15. He was very good last year when he was healthy. I think that's something that people forget is he was very good. Like efficiency, all these efficiency stats that you look at, and if you just watch him, he's still super explosive when he's out on the field. Obviously, the Titans are taking on a risk that he's going to stay healthy. But if Julio Jones stays healthy, I'm expecting his fit um, with the Titans to be pretty swimmingly. I think he's going to be a wide receiver, too, in fantasy. And I'm with you. A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, that's the best wide receiver duo in the game. If you want to throw in Travis Kelsey with Tyreek Hill, you have an argument there. But just pure wide receivers, I mean, two explosive players that can win in the screen game, downfield, over the middle, and plus that like intimidation factor. No one's getting the bu- getting off the bus like the Tennessee Titans this year. You know, as I said, this is still going to be a run first offense. This is still going to be the Derrick Henry offense. Are there some concerns? I, I know there used to be a, a number where people would say like 370 carries. If you got that number, if you hit that number, you pass that threshold. You know, there's a buyer to beware on that running back. Do you feel like that's a valid concern with Derrick Henry? Who had, I think, 378 carries last year. Or do you feel like that sort of myth has been debunked in recent years? It's tough because, like, I want to apply that theory. But then, like, I look at Derrick Henry. I'm like, well, he just built different <laughs> than all the other running backs. Like, if it was a smaller running back and he was getting 350 carries each year, I'd be like, okay, that's different. But, like... Derrick Henry, I feel like he can't handle the workload. The, the thing with Derrick Henry is that he's just such an outlier with how many explosive plays he has. And banking on that year to year is something that's a little kind of concerning, especially because he doesn't catch that many passes. So this kind of depends on your like league format. I think in a full PPR league, he's I would draft him like maybe sixth or seventh overall. But on underdog fantasy, it's half PPR. Um, so I'm closer to like fourth overall, fifth overall. And then if you play in a non- PPR format, then he has a discussion to be all the way inside the top three. So I didn't really move Derrick Henry up or down with the Julio Jones trade. Like you said, Derrick Henry is going to get his regardless. He's going to get all the goal line work. He's just a total beast in the run game. So um, I think he deserves to be in the first round. I didn't, I didn't have a good reason either way to move him up or down with the Julio Jones trade, just because like there's not a scenario that Derrick Henry doesn't get 300 carries this year. If he could stay somewhat healthy. Now, we talked about A.J. Brown maybe having his fantasy process hurt by Julio Jones' presence. We talked about Derrick Henry basically saying the same. I think it's fair to say that Ryan Tannehill is probably the one player that's going to benefit the most from this. Where does sort of Tannehill stack? And you talked about Matt Ryan sort of being like QB 14 or so. Does Tannehill jump into that top tier where he's definitely a a weekly play for fantasy uh, players? I think he's going to be right there with Matt Ryan, uh, maybe a little ahead of Matt Ryan. I have him ranked as my quarterback 12, Matt Ryan quarterback 14. So very similar. Uh, Ryan Tannehill has just been so efficient and obviously adding Julio Jones to the mix. I'm not expecting anything to change, except the one thing I keep going back to is Arthur Smith is such a good play caller. Removing Arthur Smith from the equation, what does that mean for Ryan Tannehill and that entire offense, especially because their current offensive coordinator, the last time and the only time he was an offensive coordinator in the NFL 
the Raiders finished, uh, I think, dead last in points um, back in 2017. That was like when Amari Cooper had like 600 yards, like in the middle of his prime and like Michael Crabtree fell off. It was a really bad Raiders offense. So um, that's the good thing talking about the Titans here. If any Falcons fans are staying with us here is at least you guys got Arthur Smith and you guys got Arthur Smith forever. Uh, the the Titans have to figure this out with, with a, definitely a downgrade at play caller. So that's the one thing I keep going back to is like, well, what if uh, Arthur Smith was such a, big factor to Ryan Tannehill's success. So that's why I didn't move him up too much. Obviously when you have AJ Brown and Julio Jones, things can get so only get so bad. Um, so right now I'm kind of like one foot in one foot out with Ryan Tannehill um, quarterback 12 seems about fair. That's where he finished last year. Now, my last question for you, Hayden is, you know, whether we're talking about the Titans, whether we're talking about the Falcons, is there any sort of sleeper candidates that you're, you got your eyes on? Maybe not necessarily where you're all in at this point in time, but maybe a player or two, on either one of these teams that you're going to keep your eye on as we get into training camp to see if maybe there's some growing buzz before we get into the season? Well, the big one for me right now is just Mike Davis. I want to draft him all the time. I think that he's being ranked too too low. I think a lot of people look at Mike Davis like, oh, he hasn't really done much over his career. But last year was actually a pretty good season for him. It kind of wore down at the end, but the scheme fit makes so much sense. Um, I think that Anthony Ferkser, the Titans tight end, I'm not going to be ranking him inside my like top 12, but he might be somebody that if you draft late, he can be your second tight end if you have a bye week or an underdog fantasy when we set your lineups uh, to your best optimal lineup. I think there will be some weeks where he's going to be the de facto uh, number one tight end in the red zone for the Titans. And historically, if you look at the Titans the last couple of years with Tannehill, they've been lights out in the red zone. So I think Ferkser is a deep, deep sleeper. Um, right now, I have him ranked as like tight end 16. And there's a lot of fans out there that have probably never even heard of Anthony Ferkser. So um, more of a deep sleeper. But I think out of these two teams, he's the one that comes to mind the most. Every time I watch a Titans game, Ferkser makes a big play. I don't know if it's just yeah. randomly that I'm either he's doing it consistently and I'm just not noticing. It's just every single time I've watched Titans play, he ma- he gets like a 40-yard gain or something like that just out yeah. the back door or whatever. Maybe that's just because uh, Arthur Smith's dialing up things perfectly. Maybe yeah. that's why Hayden Hurst I should have been talking about instead of uh, Ferkser here. Yeah, there you go. Um, Hayden, appreciate you coming on, sharing your insights into this. I, I look forward to maybe you know a, a month or two from now as people really di- take a deeper look into their fantasy drafts. Um, and we sort of see some of these developing storylines as we get into training camp to have you back on and, and share what a, what has changed with uh, the Falcons in particular. I don't think at that point in time, uh, Falcon fans will be too interested in what the Titans are doing, although I think they play them in the preseason. So maybe it will Gosh. be topical at that point in time. But go ahead and plug where people can find your stuff and on all the available uh, data that you can put out there for fantasy at Underdog Fantasy. So you can follow me on Twitter at, at Hayden Winks. Um, I encourage you, if you are playing in a league with your high school friends later on, get a practice draft in at Underdog Fantasy. If you deposit anything on the app right now, we're giving you a free $25. Just use my name, Hayden Winks, as the promo code. Deposit $5. We'll give you $25. I don't know how we can afford to do this, but we can right now. So go sign up on Underdog Fantasy and uh, definitely uh, happy to come back later on in the training camp. We'll see if the Falcons have made another move or if people are still sleeping on Mike Davis. <laughs> All right. Uh, Hayden, again, appreciate you coming on and uh, look forward to our, our future conversations uh, about uh, what to expect from this fantasy team uh, this upcoming season. I do expect the Falcons may not 
quite light up the scoreboards like they were going to with Julio Jones, but I think they'll still probably light up the scoreboards this upcoming season. So I'm eager to see sort of how that manifests and sort of how players uh, get those targets and touches distributed. But I do appreciate you coming on and sharing your insights into that. Thank you very much. All right, guys, there you have it. Hayden Wings, Underdog Fantasy. Check him out. And uh, that will be it for today's Locked On Falcons podcast. And, of course, if you want to provide some feedback on anything that was discussed on today's episode, anything that's been discussed on previous episodes, or you want something to be discussed on future episodes, of course, you can hit me up on Twitter at Locked On Falcons, on Facebook at Locked On Falcons, or you can send an email to LockedOnFalcons at mail.com. Appreciate it, guys. Till then.